Good morning, everybody. Jason Connor, Portico Church, Arlington with you this morning. We're going to be in Proverbs, no, Proverbs, we didn't change that up. We're going to be in Psalms, chapter 19. Part 2 of chapter 19 will be in verses 7 through 11. If you remember, we started out last week hearing the voice of creation speak to us, and today uh, God's voice actually speaks to us. So while we're thinking about what that could mean for us, let me just ask you, have you ever had, well, actually, I know you've had, remember the time when you've had a conversation with someone, and that conversation actually changed your life? There was so much impact that in that conversation, it changed how you live your life. I can remember one conversation. I've had several like that. But one, as I was thinking and praying about uh, this text today, came into mind. And it was just simply a mentor, uh, somebody that was a mentor for me in ministry when I first started in ministry years ago. And this person was a, a friend and an acquaintance. But they showed up at church when I was brand new and I was preaching. And they came unannounced. And they didn't know they were going to be there. And it was another pastor. And afterwards, um, he grabbed me and he's put his arm around me said, hey, you know what? Uh, you're being so faithful with the word. You're doing a great job. I can help you to be better. And those words stung me a little bit, but because of his love for me, and I knew that he had no agenda and he had no angle on anything other than actually helping me. And so that conversation really opened up a different world for me and changed how I live my life. Now, it could simply be maybe a conversation you have with a loved one or a spouse or a friend or even a coworker or a boss or somebody that works for you, uh, and it impacted you. Now, now, how should conversation impact you? Let me give you just an idea of how we should allow things to impact us. The conversation that comes in a strong relationship, in other words, the stronger the relationship, the stronger the impact should be in your life. Now, so many times we are taking in information and we are letting it impact our life in a way that is way beyond the relationship. So the strength of the relationship should actually impact us in a stronger way. Those words should have greater impact in our life. So think about that. When, when is a time that somebody has spoken into your life. And sometimes these conversations are just micro conversations. They're very short. Maybe it's just a sentence or two, or maybe it's a conversation that's continuing to go on, but it impacts your life. See, in Psalm 19, we see these conversations flowing out of first creation, and then secondly, from God's words himself, revealing himself to us. So here's the truth that we get from this text today, and this goes for everything. Whatever is filling you is forming you. Whatever you give yourself over to, your ears and your eyes, whatever you put your attention on is filling you. Whatever fills you, forms you. It shapes your life. It disciples your life. It changes how you live. And the psalmist in Psalm 19 is giving us this song to add to our playlist so that we might understand how both the words of God's creation and his specific words in revealing himself to us, how that changes who we are how that impacts us. So we're going to dive right in. We're going to be in chapter 19. We'll be in verses 7 through 11. We'll put the words up on the screen as we understand what it means to be formed by this, by the word of God. So let's go there. Psalm chapter 19, verse 7. We'll take it through 11. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening 
the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. More, moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you this morning. Um, we want that. We want to be shaped and filled and formed by your word. Lord, and so our prayer this morning is, as we open Psalm 19, as we open up your word, we ask that you would open it to us, that we might behold its treasure, that we might be shaped by it, that we might be formed by your word. And by the power of your spirit, we would never be the same again. This is our prayer today. Would you do this for us? And we ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I like these kind of texts. It was basically a list. It was a list of seven attributes or really six attributes that the word of God has. So we're, we're going to walk through these attributes together. And here's what I want you and I to understand. I want us to understand what does it mean to be filled and formed by the word of God. Now, the text here uses several different ideas. It talks about God's word as instruction, as law, as precepts, as, as um, just straight up decrees. But it's not... It's not trying to make the point of differentiation. It wants to teach us that all of God's words, everything that he speaks to reveal himself is worth your time. And as we allow it to fill us, it will shape our lives. So let's walk through those. The first thing that I want you to see is that God's words are spoken into a relationship. So we know that the stronger the relationship, the stronger that the impact that should have on your life, yes? So understand this is not spoken in abstract. This is not meant to to be just good information that the Lord puts out there and says, this is good for you to know. He's actually speaking into a relationship. How do we know that? Well, let's remind ourselves of Psalm 1. When we walked into the Psalms together, the first song that we learned to sing together sp spoke about, um, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked and on and on and on. So what is it's telling us is that the one who actually is like that tree who goes deep down into the soil to feed on the word of God, plant Planted by streams, by this life-giving water, this is the person that will understand and benefit from the Psalms. So the idea there is there's a relationship, and not just an association, it's a covenantal relationship. It's a love-trust relationship where God is committed to us. He is not just King and Lord, He is Savior, and we are resting in Him, and He is our source. So God speaks these words into relationship. A few ways that we would know that just right from the text. Well, if you look at that list, um, uh, the law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, that name, Lord, is in all caps, and that's indicative that that name is Yahweh, or God's personal name that he gave to Moses to give to God's people. It's like giving somebody your full name that they may call on you, so that's covenantal. He's entering into relationship, and also in verse 11, the psalmist identifies himself as the servant of the Lord. So if we're going to understand the word, we have to posture our ourselves into this relationship where we receive what God has for us, where we exalt him as Lord and his words as something that are worthy to put into our ears and life. So number one, it's spoken into relationship. 
Uh, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. So that's number two. Uh, the, the law of the Lord, uh, the words of the Lord are complete. Uh, complete. Here's what I mean by that. Um, they should give you confidence. They are not a work in process. They are complete. They are finished. They are whole. And they are the only way we can experience both substantial healing now and true and final healing in the age to come. So God's word are not a work in process. Now, listen, we can understand just jumping out of where we were last week, because I think uh, the text ended by saying, uh, talking about the sun and how nobody can escape from its heat. Now, we get this, right? It's summer in Virginia. Uh, it's the same way with the word. So we know the benefits of what we would call general revelation. We can look at God's creation, understand something about God, understanding something about his person. But creation, although it betrays and shows the artist and puts our, puts our eyes on the glory of God, Creation cannot reveal specifically who God is in relationship. We need the words of God. And text tells us that this word is complete. So think about that. How much do you rely on creation? How much do you rely on the sun? How much do you rely on rain, on, on just the natural resources God has given us? Completely. We are completely dependent on creation uh, to live. How dependent are you on the complete words of God? Uh, are, you, are you dependent on this? We should be. Uh, I like to barbecue. Once in a while, uh, when I was new at barbecuing, I would barbecue chicken, and I, would, and I would cook it way too hot. Pro tip, when you're cooking chicken, turn it down, right? Get it medium to medium low, patience. All right, good. So don't, tell you, don't say I didn't tell you. But anyway, I would be impatient. I'd fire the stuff up. The chicken would look great on the outside. We'd sit down to eat it. We'd bite into it, and it was raw on the inside. My, that, my friends, is unfinished. That is not a complete work. Many of you are putting your eyes and your ears and investing your life into information that gives you something good, but it's not finished. It's not enough. So Psalm is telling us that this word is complete. It can bring you complete healing. Uh, think about 1 John 1, 9 for a minute. What does it tell us? It tells us if we confess our sin to God. He is both faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So this is where it starts. Think about that for a minute. You're in a love, trust relationship with God. You see him as Lord. You receive his word and he tells you, if you come to me, I will position you as righteous and clean before me, complete acceptance, complete assurance of who you are in me. No other word can do that. No other word can do that. God's word does that. So what would it look like for you to be formed by that, to live your life by God's words, knowing that you are completely loved, accepted, and you are assured of this. You are forgiven before him. You are positioned before him as a child of God. No other word can do that. So God's word is complete and brings complete healing, and that will form your life. Uh, so whatever fills you, forms you, that is the idea. Let's move on to number three. God's word is reliable. This is really, really important because we spend our lives reading things that are good, putting things into our life that are helpful maybe, but how reliable is it? You don't know until you get to the end. So God's word is completely reliable. What does that build in you? That builds confidence in you. Now, the text here says, uh, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. So God's word is reliable for you, and it will build confidence in your life. Why is that? Well, let me ask you this. If you needed to get your car fixed, 
Would you take your car to a mechanic whose own car wouldn't start and he had to walk to work or she had to walk to work because they couldn't get their car to start and it was just a, a trash heap? No, you wouldn't. You're not going to take your car to someone who can't fix their own car. God's word is reliable, reliable because he is reliable. Understand that. There is no separation between what God says and what God does. His attitude and his actions are complete and unified. There is no gap between the person of God and his actions. This is why his word is absolutely and completely reliable. And the text here says it gives us wisdom. Now, wisdom is very important. Proverbs talks about it. Psalms talks about it. Um, here's what wisdom is. Wisdom fills the gap between information and insight. So you can have a lot of information, but it doesn't become wisdom until you understand how it applies. So biblically speaking, wisdom is how do I live in the grayness of life? How do I apply God's clear law into difficult situations? Probably the best way I can explain this, and I've probably said it a hundred times, so indulge me, is that information or knowledge teaches us that tomato is a fruit, but wisdom keeps you from putting it in a fruit salad because that would be gross. Nobody would do that. Nobody wants that. So you need wisdom and you need wisdom that transcends the information that you can get. You need wisdom from the author. So God's word is reliable. And what that means, it makes wise the simple is here's what that is. That means when you are trusting in God's word, it, it helps those who are untested in life. And you might say, well, I'm not untested. I've been around for a while. Yeah, you are. I'm untested. There's things coming in my future that I am not prepared for. We know this more than anything now, uh, now that we're in a pandemic and we have all these things happening in our lives that require precision and accuracy and wisdom and thoughtfulness. What they require is God's word to lead us. They require wisdom. God's word is reliable for us. And when we trust him, uh, even though we are untested, we have confidence that he can be our guide. So whatever is filling you is forming you. God's word is reliable. Number four, God's word is just. As you take a survey of the Old Testament and even the New Testament, you will see how concerned God is about justice. And let me just give you a different spin on it. Here's what justice means. It means people have equal power. That's what it's talking about in the Old Testament, especially those that don't have inherent power in society. So have you ever been in a position in life where you were ignored? Maybe it was at a job. Uh, I remember when we moved into a town in Virginia years and years and years ago, and although we knew the people, we were kind of ignored because for whatever reason, we just didn't belong there. So it, we, we had the, nice, the niceness and, and the friendliness, but we knew that we weren't really welcome. So have you ever been in a situation like that? How does that make you feel? So God's word is just, completely just. Romans 2.11 tells us very clearly that God it does not, uh, he's not, um, 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 help me out here, what is that word? Uh, what does it say? I thought I memorized it. Um, 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 okay. We have. I, you know what? I miss you guys because somebody in the audience would have yelled it out. Um, God is not. Um, starts with a P. Help me out. I'm gonna have to grab it. Sorry. God is not um, partial. Why? Why? Okay. So God shows no partiality. 
There's no shadow in him. He doesn't make relations with relationship with people based on what they can give him. There is no partiality in God in how he approaches you. He is fully just, completely just, so that all of us stand before him, no matter who you are, no matter what color of the, your skin is, no matter who your parents are, no matter what country you live in, no matter what time or age you are in, we all stand before God equal in this way. We need, first First of all, we're equal in position and, uh, and worth. But secondly, we equally all need grace. Nobody stands before God equal and says, yeah, you owe me. We all are in great need. And his word and his grace and his gospel is open to every single person. It's open to all. So God's word is just. Here's how that forms you. You want a better city. Hebrews 11 says as much. It puts a deep longing in you when you see the righteousness and the justice of God. He is not partial like we are. You want a different place. Hebrews 11 says we long for a better city. So the word of God forms you, the just word of God forms you by creating a longing in you for a better kingdom, a better city, a, a, a new Jerusalem, as Hebrews 11 tells us. So whatever fills you, forms you. Number five, God's word is clear. This is so good. Um, it's good because God's word will put you on the right path. How much time do we spend searching our phones, searching the internet to figure out how we should live? What is it good for me to do? What career do I need God's word is clear. Now, Romans 1 also tells us that creation, um, it, it convinces us there's a God. And it, it actually goes on to say in Romans 1.19 that nobody's without excuse because creation teaches us very clearly uh, the divine nature and power of God so that everyone's without excuse. There's a clarity there that you can't live in God's creation and not not wonder with conviction, oh yeah, there, there's obviously a creator here. But God's word goes beyond that. God's word makes himself knowable. That is the point of his, God, of his word. He reveals himself that you might enter into relationship with him. And not only that, he reveals his will. He reveals what he loves and what he hates. And as a creature, we need to know that. We are not God, right? You are not God. We need to understand who God is to be in relationship with him and understand what he loves, what his will is. Friends, do you have a friend uh, or a relationship with someone and you don't talk to them? No, you don't, right? Communication is the basis of relationship. You will never know someone unless they reveal themselves to you in words and express themselves and talk to you. You might not know about them by looking at their work or by, by seeing them, but you don't know them. So God's word is clear in this. He sets a feedback loop up between word and prayer in which God's living word can actually search you and he opens himself up to you. So do not miss this. God's word is clear in its design very specifically for a relationship with him. Um, and it's a guide. It guides you. I know that we talk uh, a little bit about aviation around here, but let me just give you a clear illustration. You know how you're coming up to the gate uh, as your, your flight has ended and you land and you're taxiing up? I don't know if you've ever noticed, uh, but 
as you're coming up, they have people called marshallers, and they have these lighted wands, and they get your attention of the pilot, and they bring you in, and as you pull up and put your nose on the lead-in line, pretty much they control the aircraft. It's their airplane now, and you're coming back, you're slowing down as they tell you to. Here's why that's very important. It's not just because it seems like the right thing to do. You're coming in around, there's fuel trucks, there's baggage carts, there's people, there's all kinds of stuff around the gate, and you can't see any of it. So you keep your eyes on that marshaller and on those wants, and you do exactly what they tell you to do. If they cross, you stop immediately. If they tell you to slow down, you slow down. And so by you keeping your eyes on that marshaller, on those wands, um, you are protected from all the things you can't see. God's word is clear and does that for us. So think in terms of less about what you should be doing and who you should be seeing. Think about that for a minute. Are your eyes placed on God? Let me tell you, friend, he knows things that you do not. Can, can we just... Yes, he sees things that you do not. He, was, he can handle creation. He can handle you. So as, as it's clear, God's word is clear, keep your eyes on his word. Keep your eyes on him and trust him. So it is clear, whatever fills you, forms you. Number six, God's word is timeless, is timeless. Um, it says, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. So, I remember years ago uh, when I was a deacon at another church and I happened to be in the process of, of serving in mercy ministry and it was in an area where there was a lot of that that needed to be done. And uh, this woman was, again, kind of a mentor and I was really frustrated because it seemed like um, all the efforts that we did made no difference at all, which that was actually maybe true, I don't know. Um, but we're, we're, we're trusting God for it. And, and she was so wise. Uh, her name was Jenny Forner, I'll never forget. She said, Jason, do you know how a river changes its course? Again, I've probably told you this. I'm like, no, Jenny, how does a river change its course? She says, time and pressure. It takes decades, but it's true. If you look at a, a, a valley that's where there's a river, it will meander and change, be on the other side of the valley 20 years from now or 100 years from now or whatever, but it changes course in that valley with time and pressure. Friends, if you don't give the word of God time in your life, it will not change you. One of the reasons we don't experience God is because we give time to everything else but God and his word. We wonder why we don't feel close to God, yet we never open up our Bible. We are just quick. We, I mean, look at your screen time report. Does it even measure up with your thoughts, your meditations, your opening up God's word? So it is timeless. Uh, it is meant to be relevant. You never outgrow it. And as you put your life under the authority, as you let God's word fill you, it will change you. So God's word is timeless, meaning this. Uh, they endure forever. They transform you. The word of God will not be transformative to you if you do not give it time and if you do not also give it your trust. Give it your trust. Whatever fills you, forms you. And lastly, number seven, it says the rule of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. This might be my favorite one, although it's probably really hard to explain. I'm just going to say this. Uh, God's words are accurate. And here's how I mean by accurate. I don't just mean that they give you a very precise understanding of God and the world and yourself. That is true. But the words here that are used are really pushing towards God's judgment. 
So here's what I mean by that. His decisions, think of it that way. God's decisions, his actions, his judgments take into account the entire story. Let's just make that personal. God's word, his actions, his judgments take into account your entire story. God is not abstracted from your life. This book is not abstracted from your life. So his decisions, his judgments are not just timeless, they are accurate. They take into account your entire life, everything that you need, everything that you don't need, everything that you've lived through. We can trust his word to be accurate, to be excellent judgments for us. So as we put our life under the authority of God, we are understanding that it is, yes, a relationship. We are having communication with a true and living God. He reveals himself, yes, through nature, through his own artistry, through his own powerful artwork, right? The created universe, but he also reveals himself personally. And that is through his word, through the Bible, through scripture. And his desire is that this would fill you and transform you and form you up. So let me just ask you this. This this hit me this week. Because many times I will sit down, I kind of have a good um, discipline, but I don't see it as his words many times. So what is filling your life? What are, in fact, what are you filling your life with? BuzzFeed? Instagram? Cable news? What, what are you filling your life with? What has the wisdom, the power, the authority to both warn you, as the scripture says, and reward you? Friends, you are rewarded when you fill your life with God's word, with God himself. Jesus filled his life with the word of God. Even on the cross, he was crying out, Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So understand, Jesus is the incarnate word. He is the word made flesh. If you want to understand what the word looks like, lived out, read the gospels, read scripture. If you want to know what it's like to know God personally, trust Jesus. He took on the forsakenness of our sin in scripture, right? On the cross, that we, simply that this, the words of God would be relevant and known to us and they would form an eternal relationship where we are forgiven, we are created, new life is created in us. We're new creatures, friends. God's, only God's word can do that. Information can't do that. So what is filling you? What is forming your life? What is shaping you? What is discipling your life? So, How do we do this? Two words. You've got to give the word of God time and you've got to trust it, period. You've got to give it weight in your life. So time, we know what that is. What does trust mean? You just do it. Don't be just a hearer of the word, do it. It's very simple. We make this very spiritual. It's kind of not. You hear God's word, you, right, it comes into your head, you trust it, it sinks the 18 inches into your heart and then it comes out in your life. That is how trust works. So that is the call today for us to be filled by God's word, that he might form us, that he might form me, form our church, our nation, 
worldwide into the people of God, right? Into his servants, into his creatures. So that's our call this morning. Be formed, be filled by God's word that it might form us. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you. We do trust you. Um, I struggle with this so much, seeing your word as an academic pursuit or as something that's helpful for me, instead of seeing the word of God as living and as breathing and as judging my thoughts and my intentions and going deep into my heart. Lord, you are living and you are active through your word. Let us receive it as such. Let us be filled by it, Lord. Let us be formed by it. You speak to us through your word. And we thank you for this in the name of Jesus. Amen.